On today's episode of Double Down Trent, there is a lot to cover. Looking back at week number eight, probably one of the strangest weeks of all time, it was the week of the backup quarterback. Mike White Lightning for the Jets came out and beat the Bengals. Geno Smith lit it up. Cooper Rush gets a win in Minnesota, so a wonky, wonky week. We're putting it to bed, and we're looking ahead to week number nine. Another busy week of NFL news. You got Aaron Rodgers testing positive for COVID. What does that mean for the Packers-Chiefs game could have been a marquee matchup. Now we're looking at Jordan Love coming in. Then we've also got the news OBJ and the Browns are dysfunctional. They've got a big game in division against the Bengals. So we got picks and more to discuss on episode number 118 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host tonight. Joining us on a busy NFL week, our own insider, Coulter. How you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing good. I survived NFL Armageddon this week, the trade deadline on Monday, uh, or a Tuesday, I should say. Monday, my you know favorite current player, my favorite team gets traded. The best player in the league offensively gets uh, foot injuries out for the year. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers it comes out as lied about his COVID test. And then the Raiders, uh, our second-year pro star receiver, uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, unfortunate situation out there in Las Vegas. So plenty of headlines this week. And then of course your giants and, and COVID as well. It's uh, all consuming uh, news week of NFL stuff. It's just brutal. There's so much going on. I mean, I guess, you know, as a giants fan, we can start there. They had 13 tests come back. Joe judge is giving press conferences in the fucking parking lot. I mean, it's just a circus in, the, in New York. I have no idea what's going on. We'll cover all that. We'll get to everything. We've also got our Patriots expert living in Philly. Bill Hughes. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great guys. I mean, I've, I've been ch- championing the Pats. They're back. I think they're back. I think that their schedule is tough, but there was a must win game. And I thought they could have won by way more than what they did. They still won by double digits. Rookie head coaches against Bill Belichick is free money. Anybody who wants to take it, um, you can. Anybody who doesn't, you know, it's it's right there for you. Uh, and so it was good to see this weekend. Also, um, you know, obviously living in Philly, I was on the Lions last week thinking that maybe this was the week that they get a win. They've been close. And then Philly comes out and just puts up a 40 spot on him. And, you know, I guess maybe, maybe, maybe the Eagles. Yeah, no, we can't go that far. Yeah, I mean, no. I think both, two bad teams, but at the same time, again, a convincing win 44 to six, obviously is a dominant effort for a team in Detroit that had played the Rams tight, that had played some other teams tight. Um, but I think it's a good gambling lesson that if you've got two teams that are bad, take the team that you know is a little bit better. And I think that that's the case in Philly. They've just got a little bit of a better uh, situation than the lions do if your lines are playing one of these really good teams, they're not going to take them seriously and they might be able to keep it close. But again, this was like one of the few games I think that the Eagles probably thought, okay, we can get a win here. So uh, good lesson there. But yeah, it's a very interesting week. A lot of stuff happened. I want to talk about the chiefs being dead because they're dead. And I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the worst part for me with that Philly game was that I was on Philly all week in our pool. And then at 1230, what did I do? I start going tinkering with my picks and I flipped to the lions. I'm like, you know what? This feels like the first game. The lions get their win. You know, there are two bad teams, like you said, but that's a good lesson. The Eagles are just not as bad as the lions. Man, are the lions terrible? Um, but like you said, Pat's back. And not only are they back, you called it. I think we all picked them on the pod, but you've been championing them. So let me give you at least a couple minutes here. You know, they're in the hunt here. Yeah. And I mean, I was surprised. I thought it was Mac Jones's worst game of the season. I thought he looked a little off the entire game, um, but they were able to do the things that they typically do, which is play good defense, confuse a, a younger quarterback. Um, and again, I think that the running game and the offensive line, one thing I, I said a couple of weeks ago is, I thought they found the mix on the offensive line. I thought that they'd been tweaking with it. Cause again, they traded, um, 
for to get the right tackle back. Uh, his name's escaping me right now. I don't know why. Probably because he hasn't played in like five, uh, at all this year. Uh, but they finally moved Mike O out to right tackle. Um, I think that that's really solidified the right tackle spot. Justin Heron is just like in over his head. So I thought that that really helped. I think that they've, you know, they've just been doing the things that they need to do. They've been playing good defense. Uh, I think that that that's been something that at, you know, at times has not been great for them, but I still think they have the best coach uh, in the NFL. And I think that they have the best game plan staff in the NFL. And when they can put together a good game plan, sometimes, you know, like they, they could do some things that, that I think, made Justin Herbert a little bit confused as he was looking out post snap. And so um, classic Pats win. I also think maybe the, you know, come, and again, the Chargers are coming off a bye, which is huge um, to get that win out there. And then you got Carolina this week. And so, you know, you're in a spot now where you can string a couple wins together. Uh, and then all of a sudden I think, you know, they get the momentum and again, some of the teams that they're playing later in the year, maybe they, maybe they catch them at the right time. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm high on the Pats right now. Um, and I think that they have shown that, this is a team that could go to the playoffs. Whether they can win a Super Bowl or not, I don't know. Um, but they can definitely make some noise. And if Mac Jones can play better, um, I think they'd be really dangerous. Yeah. I mean, Belichick scheming. You know, I know Herbert's not a rookie quarterback, but still, he's a young quarterback still. I just think Belichick's got his numbers. This is the second game in two years that we've seen the Pats come out and just obliterate or at least not obliterate, at least own the chargers. Yeah. And you know what? That's Belichick for you. He just schemes against good, you know, young quarterbacks and just completely shuts them down. And, you know, looking at that division, I think I was on Miami originally at the, the start of the season. Obviously they're out of it. You know, you got Buffalo to contend with, but I think a wild card spots open really, you know, you're looking at the AFC North to compete with some spots here. But to me, I think you're good here. You know, you might argue with uh, the AFC West. Maybe you get a couple teams in there, but really with seven teams now making the playoffs, the Pats should have an, not an easy road, but they've definitely controlled their own destiny to make the playoffs here. Yeah, I think so. And with the extra week and the extra playoff team, I definitely think it helps in both ways. For sure. Now you brought up a good point near and dear to my heart. The chiefs are dead, but that's mostly because the giants are absolutely terrible and should have won that game Coulter. And that's your division. I know you guys are keeping a close eye with the Broncos. Maybe they can sneak into the playoffs, but I think they gave a clear sign that where they think they're going this year. Oh, it's, you know, it's interesting. I don't want to preview my first pick too much. My takeaway from that game actually was that your giants, the fact that they only put up 17 points against that horrible chiefs defense was a sign that their offense is in trouble. Obviously they have a lot of injuries, but yeah, to your point, the fact that that injured uh, cobbled together offensive line that the giants have even had a chance of winning that game against Kansas city indicates how much trouble they're really in. Um, I think the trade at uh, the deadline to uh, go get um, Melvin Ingram helps them because it allows Jones to go play where he's more natural inside but I think Ingram is a little washed, so we'll see if that even makes a difference. The defense, I think, is their your real issue. But then on the flip side of the ball, Mahomes just doesn't look right either. Um, you know, somebody who watched the Giants' defense in person, Bridgewater carved you guys up week one. Oh yeah. Um, Mahomes could not take advantage of your defense and looked almost kind of amateurish out there on Monday night. So, concerning <clears throat> for sure. If you're a Chiefs fan, I'm not. So I like to see that Mahomes has kind of came back down to earth. I also still don't fully buy it. And, um, you know, my takeaway actually was I'm kind of defiant of anti-Giants, more anti-Joe Judge and, and Giants offense right now. Everything that their situation is, and we can get into that in a minute. I'm sure we do we do our key picks. But uh, I don't know. The whole situation there, those two teams, I, I think, are both kind of trending down, in my opinion. Oh, trending down, that's for damn sure. The fucking Giants. Let me just tell you what, okay? They should have won that game, but the fact that they didn't just goes to show you a how bad the team is, how much in shambles they are. Joe Judge, I mean, you blaming the headsets on your inability to manage timeouts on the clock. I mean, get the fuck out of here, first of all. Second of all, the offensive line is atrocious. I mean, we all know how bad the Chiefs defense is, and for you to get, like you said, get 17 points in that game is embarrassing. I mean, Daniel Jones sucks. He was just staring at receivers and throwing them. You can't make it any easier for the Chiefs defense to fucking pick you off. But he also had no time in the pocket. So I just don't know what happens here. The fact that they're still letting Jason Garrett and Dave Gettleman even walk in that building is fucking embarrassing. And, you know, I've been saying this for years that Gettleman's got to go. And there's no fucking way he can possibly stay as the GM at this point, because there is just no talent on that roster. And they've got two first round picks. You tell me you want Dave making those two first round picks next year. Absolutely. Not 
that's all I'm going to say about the Giants. But if I'm the Chiefs or a Chiefs fan, I am very concerned because Pat only put up 20 points on the Giants. I mean, what the fuck yeah. is that? Well, I'll, mean, send again, your, I'll send your bill to Dr. Melfi there. Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, like, I do think with the Chiefs, like the, one of the major problems right now is that their offensive line stinks and they have absolutely no running game. And again, I, I'm not to say that like this league is like you have to run the ball. I know where the league's headed. But like to some degree, you have to play physical. I think it was Staley that talked about it, yep. you know, of why you run the ball. And it's because you have to make people fucking tackle you. They play an offense where they just need people to get open. And if they don't get open, they have no, like, they, but they don't force anybody to make plays. And that's where I, I'm just concerned. And this is, I mean, to me, this is how Andy Reid trended in Philly. Like, this is how it started to go a little bit sideways is he gets drunk on trying to take big chunk after big chunk. And they just don't know how to like buckle down and run the ball and win games. And I think, you know, that's, I saw that a little bit. I think we talked about earlier in the year with the bucks when they played the Pats, I was like, that game shouldn't have been close. If the bucks just ran the ball, they would have run the ball for eight yards of carry and won easily. But again, some of these coaches just can't get out of their own way with some of the play calling. And again, they maybe have the talent to do it, but it just, it doesn't make sense to me. They don't, they choose not to even entertain it. You saw the same thing with Philly. I've been screaming for fucking six weeks for the fact that they have two running backs in the backfield and they finally decide to run the ball and they put up 45. And again, they're playing Detroit, but like some of these teams just need to take what the defense is giving them and they choose not to, and they try and be who they are. Like that's the thing I hate about coaching is, and that's why I love Belichick. You are the the idea of, we're just going to go out and do our thing and our thing's going to be better than your thing just works to a certain degree. But after a while it doesn't because teams are like, fine. That's all you're going to do. I'm just going to drop seven guys back, double team Tyree kill and make you beat me. And they just can't do it. So I am interested to see if the chiefs can figure this shit out, but their defense is horrible. Their offensive line is horrible and they have no run. game. So unless Patrick Mahomes and Tyree kill are throwing the ball down the field, every play, they're going to be in these games. And again, I do not trust Andy Reid. It went when the fucking chips are on the table. And I think we saw that and how it went bad in Philly. Um, and I think the difference in Philly they had fucking Jim Johnson and they could play defense. This team has nothing. Spags is fine, but this team defense stinks. It's so strange to me though. They won't, I don't think they were under center once. I mean, every play is under in shotgun. So there's only so many running, you know, schemes and plays you can do. And when you don't have a dominant run game, when you're not able to get downhill as a running back, I mean, it just, it limits you. You know, you got these guys dancing behind the line of scrimmage. So to me, just like mix it up a little bit, get Mahomes under center, run some traditional running game and see what you can do. Because you know, the book is out. They're playing two deep, three deep safeties on, on Mahomes and forcing them to check everything down. And I don't understand how, like you said, Hughes, how any, you can't scheme this. Like if you're in the box and you're sitting there and you've seen three deep safeties, fucking check to a running play, get under center, hand the ball off and play fucking power football. I mean, it's just not that complicated. Yeah. I mean, Derek Gore looked good at times in that game. Like I thought like it just, but again, they just can't, there's no commitment to what works. It's just all commitment to, we got to get back to what we want to do. And like, that's to try and throw the ball and stretch the team. And I, I just, I think that that has limitations. I mean, you saw it on the, the pick that Mahomes threw early. He fucking zinged it off somebody's head, you know, from five yards away because like, Oh, why not run the ball? Oh, well, no, we're just going to throw it. So I don't know. We'll see We'll see how they, if they can bounce back. I was on them last week thinking that they were going to exercise some of these demons because the giants are terrible. But like, again, they couldn't even do that. The game was fucking down to the, the giants probably should have won. Should have won I that thought game. They outplayed them. Yep. Unbelievable. And last week, I mean, we just got to put it to bed. It was a strange week. It was the week of the backup quarterbacks. We saw Coulter, your boy, former Bronco Trevor Simeon, come in and play well. I mean, Geno Smith had the top passer rating of the week. Mike fucking White Lightning dominated against the Bengals. I mean, it was just all over the place here. Just goes to show you, you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. Just kind of embrace the ride here. So what do you say, boys? Let's just put that week behind us and let's go to our, yeah. our week nine picks. <laughs> Agreed. Let's do it. All right. Colton, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off, man, with your first pick? Yeah, we were going right into it there, so might as well. My first pick is going to be Vegas, the Vegas Raiders minus three and a half. It's a pretty large number on the road considering what this team is going through, but uh, I get the feeling I'm not uh, going to get a crossfire from either of you. So it's uh, partially a par golf play, partially a fate of Joe Judge, partially a fate of the Giants' decimated offense that we just kind of railed against that couldn't get 20 points on Kansas city. I think Derek Carr and company can easily get to 20 points here. 
Uh, Ruggs was a part of the offense, but to say he was the, the key to the offense is an overstatement. He was a deep threat that made Carr's life easier underneath, but he can be replaced long term. And ultimately, I think losing him doesn't change the overall identity of the offense or the team. I think the ramifications are actually negligible or at least more negligible than most common people are going to look at the game at. Uh, to say they're shook up to the point where they can't play uh, is ridiculous. I point uh, to example a, and the only example I need here, and that's they beat the Broncos in Denver a week after their coach resigned in an abrupt controversial organizational cleansing that hasn't no other team has experienced in league history. They beat you know, on the road, they already won a game in the, this situation. Um, I guess it's an oversimplification oversimplification to just go with Derek Carr, the better quarterback and a team that's proven its resilience over the season. But it's better than whatever the Giants are trotting out, whatever logic you can put behind the plus three and a half on the other side. Uh, Daniel Jones is simply running for his life. He's ineffective when he isn't protected. I don't think he's going to be against this uh, pretty good Vegas pass rush. Um, that's pretty much it. You know, I think the Vegas got healthy over the bye week. And I think one other thing, and I'll toss it back to you, Cass, because I know this is your team. Um, the other Vegas, the books, is telling us everything we need to know here, right? They opened the game above a full three. Uh, based on my math, that puts this Raiders team uh, as complete equals to the Chiefs that we were just talking about. And that uh, means that um, the Raiders should be taken just as seriously as Kansas City by a common better. And that, more importantly to us gamblers, the Raiders are cheap this week. I think this is a good side. Let's go. Vegas, minus three and a half. Yeah. Hughes, what do you think here? I'll let you jump in before I give my uh, diatribe yeah. on the Giants. I, I mean, I, I think it's a good pick. I, I can. I think the. I just. I don't know if the Giants have enough pieces to be able to put together a full game and win it. Their coach is a little bit haywire. Their offensive line stinks. They've had a bunch of injuries. Dan Jones, I think, has been resilient, but I'm just again, I just hope he doesn't get you know rattled one more time and, and get another like concussion or something like that. But the line to me though isn't as crazy as I think you know, it, as maybe I thought, but given all the things that have happened at Vegas, I think the Colter's point, it doesn't make sense that, that an NFL team has been able to show the level of like Vegas resiliency in Vegas, obviously, but with this line. So yeah, no, I like the Vegas pick. I do think the giants are to the, for the most part dead. And I just don't know who's going to be out there. Like that, that is a weapon for the giants. I thought actually they ran the ball. Okay. Last week, but, uh, but again, I think uh, I, I'm on Vegas. Yeah. And, you know, Colter, we were talking about this on our text, and the Giants at home are terrible, too. And, and I think they only have one legitimate game, and that was against the Panthers. But again, that's with the Panthers team that is coming back down to earth and is more Carr the is, team than Carr we is thought. such a better quarterback than Darnold. Oh, exactly. I mean, all it takes is, I mean, right? I mean, can't we already see it? Carr is a professional. He goes out there, they execute their first drive, and all it takes is the Giants to fall behind, and the Boo Birds are going to come out because – most importantly, the fans there are a, they're going to just boo if the giants are playing shitty. And then B I would imagine, and you could speak to this more because you're, you know, the psychology of the fan base. And I know this because my team just lost to them two weeks ago in the situation I just outlined. Is there anything more infuriating than losing at home to a team that is going through what the Vegas Raiders are going through? I mean, it's inexcusable. You want to kill, you want to kill the guys on your team for allowing a team that should be completely shot emotionally for letting them come into your place. I mean, it was so mind boggling to see the Broncos so unemotional, so passionless in the game against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago, I was just yelling at my screen. And so I, I, I can see that happening in New York. Uh, the boo birds, just the fans just going crazy about them losing to this Vegas team that should not be up in this game. And if they get up, I could just see people just going wild there in the MetLife stadium. Oh yeah. And you're not getting any crossfire from me. And for anyone who's listening and thinks it's just my giants negativity coming out, let me at least give you like the transitive property here, right? The giants played the Broncos. They got smoked. Okay. The Broncos, like you just said, Coulter lost to this Raiders team pretty handily. I think it was like a 10 point nine, something like that point loss. Right. In what should have been arguably the best situation a team had all right. season long. I right. would argue. Yeah. So I don't see how this game is going to be any different than that Broncos game. You tell me I, you don't envision a world where the Raiders jump out 14, nothing. And this game is just over. I mean, how is Daniel Jones going to come back? Like we just said, the line is battered. They've got no weapons. Like you said, yeah, they were run the ball nicely with Booker, but like, come on, you're not going to do anything. And we just can't score at the Raiders. And I think their defense is a little better than, you know, a lot of people are, are leading on. So for the giants to outscore, this Raiders team by three and a half, no chance. 
I'm done with them. Get them the hell out of here. That's a good par golf pick there, Coulter. All right, Hughes, who's your first pick of the week? So I'm going to, again, I'm going to dip back into what I think is, and I've been burned on this already this year, a couple of these weird lines. I'm going with the Chargers minus one and a half at Philly. Again, a little bit of a hungry dog runs faster type situation. Philly coming off a big win. Chargers coming off a tough loss and needing to stay in the hunt. One and a half? Again, unless I'm like not paying attention and the Eagles are better than, than, than what I'm saying or that the Chargers are ultimately worse, I think that this is a pretty easy one. I, I think it's under a field goal. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Chargers to need. Again, they're coming east, but it is a 4 o'clock game. So, again, there's a little bit of buffer there in terms of the, the start time. Um, so I'm, I'm really on this. I think Herbert bounces back. I think, again, that, that you go from – Bill Belichick's defense to whatever the fuck they're doing in Philly. Like, I mean, it's going to be like walking out of like fucking pre-calc into like geometry and being like, Oh, okay. I just need to know what a triangle is. Oh, sweet. Here we go. That's got three angles. Yeah. That's fucking pretty easy. I, again, I just think that this is going to be a relief for the chargers in a lot of ways as they get to see this defense and how bland and boring it is. Um, and whether the chargers can get to the quarterback a little bit, I think they can, um, and again, I don't think the Eagles will commit to running the football. So I'm all over the chargers minus one and a half coming East in Philly. I'd like it. This screams a get right game. And it's a line, like you said, that seems fishy. And I think what they're looking at is a recency bias. I think Vegas wants you to be like, all right, Philly just smoked a team and the chargers lost at home, but you can't look at that. I, I want to requote you Hughes. When there's two bad teams, take the slightly better bad team. And yeah. I think the, the chargers, I think they got overblown this year. They got one big win. Everyone got hopped on their, you know, their bandwagon. I, I mean, ultimately, I don't think they're that great of a team. They could be. They've got some work to do. But I think they're they're more this kind of, you know, what is it going to be now? Nine and eight team, uh, you know, in that range. I think they're going to be more in that middle than they are that that runaway with the division type team. So um, I think a better team here. And I've been down on Philly all year. So I'm with you here. I'm going to take the Chargers uh, minus one and a half. What do you think, Coulter? Yeah, this is my number three pick. Uh, I was actually flirting with this, putting it in Vegas, but we were talking about Vegas earlier in our group chat, and I just wanted to kind of, I guess, go off the handle about them. But yeah, this was very close to making my card as well. Um, the one reason why I, I guess I kind of kick back is I know that there is a lot of sharp or syndicate money on the Eagles um, because the line, I think, moved down or went across the key number. I, I know I was reading something that the Eagles are like a really sexy, uh, sharp pick this week, but... With that said, I'm going to go against the Sharps. I guess I'll be with Joe Public or whatever they want to call us this week out in, in Vegas. But I'm going to go with the better quarterback. Let's look at who Philly, when they play a professional grown-up quarterback, 41 points to the Cowboys, 42 points to the Chiefs, uh, Bucks, 28 points. They barely covered those Thursday night. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't like playing at night, and he still got the 28 points, and the Eagles were lucky to cover that game. Derek Carr, as I just went over, he's a professional, 33 points in the desert. This is a team that's ganged up on first-year coaches, bad quarterbacks, Falcons, Panthers, Lions. They haven't beat anybody good yet. As Hughes alluded to, I don't know what the hell they do on defense. I think that Herbert uh, and their receivers are going to be good enough to take advantage, and that's not even incorporating the fact that I think they have a pretty uh, amazing running game and a dynamic pass catcher in Eckler. So, I mean, I— if, even if Eckler was out, I still think Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Cook, and, and Herbert should be able to do something against this uh, Philadelphia secondary. You add in the Eckler piece, um, I, I, and the offense line's been gelling. I think they can easily get to 35, and then it, it's a matter of how the hell can Hurts get to 35, and I just don't see it. So, yeah, this is one of my favorite picks of the week. I agree with you. Yeah. Let me look in um, rusty Cazalet, my dad's tenants of gambling, better coach, better quarterback. Take that team. I think you've got that there. So I like to pick. There's no way I'm just, riding with her. The Eagles, like there's something about the fact that they're coming off this win over the Lions, And I just look at the, their week one win over the Falcons. And I just can't think that like, these are two just like, don't overreact by the margin. Like they won the game. Good for them. The fact that they won it by a margin is I, most of the time it should be important because the NFL, it's hard to win by 38 points. However, you just, for a gambler, you have to just put that in a corner, I think. And hopefully I'm right. Maybe, maybe I'm completely incorrect. And we're saying I'm, I'm looking my chops next week when we're doing this recording, but uh, 
that's that's how I kind of look at it is these big wins over shitty teams and first year coaches. I, I don't take any. Uh, I don't really put too much weight on them. No, agreed. And I'm glad you brought up the Falcons there, Coulter, because guess what? They're involved with my first pick of the week. <laughs> Give me I, the same had a feeling one of us would be going against them after losing to the Panthers. I mean, how can you not? They, that was a terrible loss to the Panthers, but I'm taking the Saints at home minus five and a half. Yeah, they just lost Jameis Winston, but guess what? Trevor Simeon came in there and did the exact same thing that Jameis Winston does. It's not like we're losing prime era Drew Brees to a backup here, okay? Jameis and Simeon do very similar things, not to mention we might even see Taysom Hill get the start here who can do a lot of things against the Falcons defense. This is a, a good team. They just got a big win of, against the Bucks. I think what you're going to see a heavy dose of Alvin Kamara getting pounded in there against the Falcons defense, who is terrible. Let me just rattle off a few games that the Panthers played. Okay. Or excuse me, the Falcons played. They just lost to the Panthers at home. That's a terrible loss. They barely beat the dolphins in London. They barely beat the jets and they lost to the football team. I mean, these are just bad teams that they're playing. I think they're going to get exposed by a really good team. The Saints are in this weird area, I think, this year where people are down on them because of the breeze factor. Sean Payton's a good coach, guys. Let's not overlook that. And I think you got a huge mismatch there at head coach. You got a huge mismatch with the talent on that those two rosters. So I'm on the Saints minus five and a half. Coulter, par golf, crossfire, where do you stand? No, absolutely not. I'm not taking the Falcons. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I will say, I think they should just cancel the coach of the year award this year and do one of those like things that they do at the Oscars and just do like a Belichick and Peyton like celebration of career. Cause I think they're each, and the fact that they're in uh, uh, different conferences really is nice too. Cause this year has emphasized how truly great each of those guys are. Peyton's doing a phenomenal job down in New Orleans and, and to, kind of go off what you're saying here. That's my handicap. It's like, I just have a better coach at home. I think they have momentum too coming off that win. Like you just said, I think the fans are going to be pumped up. I mean, they can see a path for themselves definitely in the postseason, even without Winston. Um, I just, I feel like they've got all the momentum in the world. You've got a Falcons team that just, I don't like the talent. I don't like the vibe there. Uh, the one thing I will say, and the reason why I didn't include this in my, my card is I feel like, most people going to the betting window on Sunday are not going to be picking the Falcons. And I never want to, I never want to be like full blast in the way that everybody else is in full blast. So that was my one apprehension, but I can't take Atlanta. Uh, I really, this is just a team that I don't know. It's just one of my least favorite teams in the NFL. And there's a couple of them and they stand out. And I mean, I hear you about not taking Atlanta in this. Cause like if that spreads eight and a half, maybe you're twice five and a half at home. Come on. What do you think, Hughes? So I want to crossfire this so bad, but I'm not because <laughs> I agree with you. I, I, but I do think <laughs> this is how fucked up the NFL is. I'm s- sitting here being like, man, losing Jameis, that's rough. Like, what, where are we at that now Jameis Winston is like the guy <laughs> that you're like, man, are the Saints going to be okay without Jameis? <laughs> I, I, I just am not a Taysom Hill guy. I don't think he's good. I think I hope they go with Simeon. I think they're way better. Just similar to what we were talking about last week, and I think we were vindicated. The Browns should have gone with Case Keenum. Yep. Go with the guy that can that can play quarterback. Go with the guy that can get in there. He's done it before. Just execute the game plan. Don't try and do too much. Get Alvin Kamara the ball 110 times, and you'll be fine. Like, that is literally all they need to do. You get Taysom Hill in there, and all of a sudden you're a fumble. You're a dumb pick away from it being a game. I would think, and again, I don't know what Sean Payton's going to do. He'll pro- Taysom will definitely probably play. I know he's, I know he's back in the mix a little bit, but like, I think that that team is going to be fine. I think that they just need a quarterback that's serviceable. Hence, Jameis playing how he's been playing. Um, but again, the, 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 this does feel a little funky in terms of like, could this just be a field goal game where the Falcons are pesky and they stick around? I do think the Falcons may be dead. Obviously, the Ridley thing is too bad. Hopefully, he's okay. Um, you've got a couple guys right now, and I think you know it's a testament to the fact. And I think a lot of people have talked about this. These guys are real people. Like, and I don't mean to like take a moment to like talk about some of these guys who don't feel comfortable going back in the field. But the idea that people are dragging guys who are taking time off because they need some mental health, you know, recuperation from whatever's going on in their life or whatever's going on, you know, the pandemic. We've all been through this. It's been different for everybody. Just because they're millionaires doesn't make them immune to the fact that they have emotions and things happen in their lives. And so I think losing Ridley 
and maybe him now being off, like out of the picture and they can kind of move on and kind of see what they've got. Um, maybe that's a little bit better for them, but I, at the same time, he's their best player on offense, in my opinion. And I think whenever you lose your best player and Matt Ryan has not looked great. Um, he's looked okay at times, but it's not looked great. And, and again, maybe you could say Pitts is their best offensive player or not, but Ridley's really good. And so I think that that factors in for me, their defense stinks. They give up a ton of rushing yards a game over a hundred rushing yards a game. And to me, like, that's just like, that's always going to be a recipe for disaster against the saints. Cause we saw last week, Alvin Kamara is really, really good. Yeah. Whether you hand him the ball, whether you throw it to him out of the backfield, whatever you do, he's really, really good. And I think that's what they'll lean on. I think they'll be fine. I think the saints roll. Very well said, Hughes. So let me ask you though, why were you maybe thinking about trying to crossfire that? <laughs> Cause it's almost like exactly what Coulter said. I, this just seems too easy. Like, again, gotcha. this is one of those games, the Saints Maybe. are coming off a win. They're going to be absolutely looking past this game. There's no way they're looking yeah. at the Falcons being like, we got to make sure we're at DEFCON one for the Falcons. They're going to be, they're going to, I bet they sleepwalk through a little bit of the beginning and they have a new quarterback. So again, we, if we don't really know what it's going to look like with whether it's Simeon, whether it's Hill as to what that offense is going to be different. They've played the entire preseason and the entire regular season with one guy in mind who I think has been playing well for what Sean Payton likes to do. Now we're going backwards and I don't think they're a step back from a quarterback perspective, but again, you're changing a lot of things for the offense. And I think that there's a, again, people think that the, that, that football is like a plug and play thing. It's not you teams can game plan for guys and they know, everybody knows what Trevor Simeon does well and what he doesn't do well. Everybody knows what Taysom Hill is going to do if he's in the game. And everybody's just like, all right, we're going to put eight in the box. And, hey, you go and try and throw the ball. We don't really care. Um, and that's where, again, I think those guys are much more predictable and much less dynamic than Jameis. And Jameis has been keeping it in the box. But that being said, I think they're better coach, better quarterback to a certain degree, depending on how they, they, they play. I think Simeon can be a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. Uh, and that's where I really like, uh, I like the Saints. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, guess you got to worry about the yeah, public culture, but I was going to say, I mean, they, they did just beat the defending Super Bowl champs by nine points in the exact same venue that they're playing this God awful Falcons team. And the Falcons are only six point underdogs. So, I mean, if you're Joe public and you're just looking at that, you're going into the sports book or pulling up your app on Sunday morning. I mean, that's my first thought is like, wow, this Saints team just laid it on yeah. the defending Super Bowl champs. But again, yeah, but when you look at that final score too, they, they got away with, you know, pick six at the end there. So that score looked a little different that, you know, they did beat the, just, the bucks easily, but I'm just you know. saying what the final score was and how some people think, and they yeah. might look at that. Yeah. I mean, my first thing, even with the backup quarterback was like saints line in our pool. I was like, that looks a little light, you know? And, but then the more I yep. looked at it, the reason why it's not on my card tonight while we're talking to the listeners is just because of what we've been talking over the last 10 minutes is just, it's just a little too light in like a suspicious way almost to well, me. And, and, and just one other thing, Matt Ryan's seen this defense a billion times. Yeah, so like, it's not like Matt Ryan's too. Yeah. It's not like Matt Ryan's coming out there being like, I don't know what they're going to try and do to me. Like Dennis, I mean, they, like he knows. So I do think that there's a little bit of an advantage there. And I also think again, this is whether or not you will know early if the saints come out and they're flying around. Is this, by the way, is this, this is their second game back in the dome. Cause they didn't play like, right. They, their first yeah, game the, the hurricane. Yep. Yeah. They played again, the like, Giants in the dome and lost. Yeah. They, the fact that it's a division game is good. The fact that the dome will be rocking is good. If this game was in Atlanta, I'd be like, wait a second. Like, I mean, we may want to like kind of like look a little hard at this, but like, I do think if the crowd can get them going, it will really be do they sleepwalk through the first quarter and potentially they're, you know, it's a 10 7 game or something like that. And then, like, then all of a sudden Atlanta's maybe got a little bit of momentum, but like, no, nah, I think, I think this game to Colter's point, I think I, I, you wake up in the morning and you're like all day long. Give me the Saints. Give me the Saints. Give me the Saints. We'll see. Hopefully we don't get uh, snake bitten on that one there. All right, Coulter, let's get your key pick of the week. Yeah, I'm actually kind of shocked we haven't heard this one yet, but maybe you guys were saving it for your key pick. I know Hughes has got all favorites this week, so I know I'm not getting crossfire <laughs> from him. Uh, I'm going to go with what I know. Uh, Baltimore and Vegas can rush the passer and they can run the football fairly consistently and they can convert on third down at a high rate with quarterbacks that are playing at pretty high levels this season. So I'm going to go with the Ravens to join my Ravens pick. I'll take them at minus five and a half. Um, I'll take a team that's just better coached over a reeling Vikings team that has lost uh, to a backup quarterback. Now uh, they, every game they play, I feel like has been a disappointment for them. Um, 
this guy Rush was making his first career start. They made him look like he was serviceable. Similar to my first game, I think uh, this line is light. I think this is saying on a neutral field, by my calculations, that the Ravens would be not even a full three-point favorite against the Vikings. Are you kidding me? I disagree wholeheartedly. Uh, I don't need to say much more than that other than Harbaugh's nine uh, and four ATS coming off a bye week, and the Vikings are just one more loss to calling it a season, and I think this could be the game. I, I don't get it. I don't get I wanted to put this one. This was going to be my key pick, but the five and a half makes absolutely no sense. This game should be six and a half, seven and a half, eight. I mean, I don't even Minnesota stinks. Baltimore coming off a bye. I, but I, I agree. I think that this I think this screams like, hey, just don't be a dummy and just take the take take the Ravens like this. If the Ravens don't cover this five and a half, like I would be really worried about the Ravens like they, they're a much better team. Again, they're better coached. Everybody on Minnesota, and the only thing I can think of is that every guy on Minnesota is playing for their job. Kirk Cousins may never get another shot in the NFL if he doesn't somehow look serviceable for the rest of the season. And their defense is oh, not the back, very good. The back door will be open for Kirk all, all, all game, and I'll be hating this key pick probably at by 4 p.m. on Sunday. But, like, I just I can't take him. You know, I just I know. can't take him. I know. No, you got no argument from me either. I mean, listen, talk to me through this guys. How is this any different than that saints pick? You're looking at this. You're going, what the fuck? This seems like it's too easy of a pick here, but I'm with you. I'm on the Ravens as well here. I think the Vikings are dead. That Cowboys game, call it their super bowl. If you will, whatever, that was a home primetime game. And they let a backup quarterback come in there and beat them. I mean, that's, that's embarrassing. Um, Coulter, you were on them, I think, in the beginning of the year. Or was it Hughes? I forget which one you guys said this, but you're like, the Minnesota experiment is over. Zimmer's out. Kirk Cousins is out. The divorce is here. I kind of forget who was saying that. That was Hughes. I, yeah. yeah. I'm on Seattle divorce. That's right. <laughs> oh, it, oh yeah. They're, they've got to buy this week, but Russ is going to be back cooking next week. So we'll talk about him next week. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a better team. And then the, the Ravens are in a position where like they, they kind of have to win. They saw the Bengals come in and stick it to them. Now the Bengals have lost last week to the jets. All of a sudden that division's back open for them again. I don't think they want to fall back again. I don't think they want to be competing for a wild card. They got a chance to take this division. Uh, Minnesota's dead. They're on the road here. And yeah. They're bullies. They're most right. importantly, they're bullies. Yeah. I think if, yep. if the first half goes away that I think it can go, I think Minnesota quits on its season right there at M and T uh, yep. stadium. Yep. And that's and why it's my key pick. Great pick. Great call by Coulter right there, because there are certain teams that when there's blood in the water, they go absolutely after it. There are other teams that when there's blood in the water, they're like, all right, we're good. We can win by three. We're going to win this game anyway. The Ravens are going to absolutely, if they get the feeling that Minnesota's laying down, they will win this game by a hundred. They love Harbaugh loves running it up on people. Hence people getting upset that he didn't take a knee earlier in the season. <laughs> I think that was the dead dog head coach of the Denver Broncos. But at the same time, this is like the typical <laughs> Harbaugh game. He's going to try and win this by a hundred. He loves these spots. If there's any blood in the water, the Ravens will absolutely pounce. And again, I think that the only risk here is that they come out and they look like they're sleepwalking through the first quarter because they're coming off a bye. They haven't played in a little while. And maybe they also are thinking the same thing we're thinking, which is that Minnesota stinks. And so like, that's my only fear. But if they're again, yeah, if there's any chance, they're going to try and win this by a hundred. Absolutely. All right, Hughes, let's get your key pick of the week. Homer pick. I'm going with the Pats minus three and a half. This line looks, this line looks perfect. I mean, this is exactly what you want. You're going into Carolina. You've got some momentum on your side. They, 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 I just think that Mac Jones did not play very well the last game. I think a lot of that was just minor tweaks that he needs to make. It was not that things were way off. They're running the ball well. The offensive line looks pretty good. Um, and I don't think Carolina is very good. And again, if anybody's familiar, I don't, do we, I don't even know who's playing quarterback for Carolina. So I probably shouldn't run down Sam Darnold yet. Until uh, is he starting? Do we know. I think is it's going to be PJ Walker. I think they're even better. Him. Even better. Give me, give me whatever quarterbacks <laughs> against these guys. Cause this is again, a classic Belichick, Belichick spot going on the, like a three and a half point favorite on the road. I mean, that what, that's what Vegas is against the giants. Like I don't, I'm not saying the Pats are better than the giant than Vegas, but what I'm saying is the Pats, at least from my perspective, have not had to deal with the circus show that Vegas has. And I think people are giving them the same level of respect. And I think, Carolina maybe was looked at a little bit higher than the Giants. So I just think this is the perfect spot. Um, I think the Pats go in there. I think they take care of business. I think they, again, 
they show a little bit more of a dynamic offense and they maybe have, and I think the, I think the defense shuts them down. The, the Gilmore might play angle is whatever. Um, I, I think that that might be a nice little, you know, byline. And like when they write the story, but I don't think Steph Gilmore is back yet. I think he might, I think they said he might play on third down, but at the same time, I love the Pats minus three and a half. Uh, and to your point, I, I Coulter thinks that sorry, I'm taking every favorite except for the Colts. And as we're, as we're recording this, I think it's like 400 to seven. So maybe I should adjust my, my strategy. Colter, what do you think about the, the, the Colt? While we're talking about this Thursday night game really quickly, for some reason, as they're up 300 to nothing, the Frank Reich thinks it's worthwhile to keep playing Carson Wentz, the most brittle, fragile quarterback in the NFL. I do not get this. I do not get this at all, but let him go. Um, <laughs> I like this pick from Hughes. I'm actually starting to love the, I mean, I've done two favorites already and we've just keep talking favorites and I'm starting to kind of go over to that side too with this week. Um, there's absolutely nothing I can do with taking Carolina. I know CMC is back and he's a huge difference maker, but I'm just, I, that's not enough to move the needle for me. I, I feel like Belichick is a smart enough coach to isolate him out. Um, and, and most importantly, like I'll let Joe Brady prove to me that he can be Bill Belichick, you know, in a, a football game of, uh, schemes. So I'll take the Pats. They're turning in the right direction. I feel like they've got to be feeling good. Um, I also, I, there's no evidence based on this, but I just feel like the Patriots are there. It's not like going to be like a true road game. It's, I feel like it's not gonna be like a ruckus, like Carolina crowd. I feel like there'll be a couple Pats fans there and it's not going to be some sort of like really wild environment that Mac Jones can't handle or whatever. This team has been comfortable playing the defending Super Bowl champs and the Cowboys. So I like the spot for them. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with them as well. I got the Patriots minus three and a half. I don't care who's playing quarterback. It's Sam Darnold or PJ Walker. You tell me Belichick's not going to scheme for either of them and be able to shut them down. Uh, you're talking about a Panthers team that's just trending in the wrong direction. When you got a good team like the Pats, Trending upwards, a bad team like the Panthers. I mean, what are they playing for? Even if the potential that Christian McCaffrey comes back, I don't even think that's enough to sway that, in my opinion. So I like Belichick against these young quarterbacks. He's just going to cause a field day. Hughes, I do think Gilmore played a little bit last week, right? But he's not going to factor in this game to change the line or make you want to pick the fucking Panthers. I thought he was. I thought he just got activated off the uh, off IR. You might be right, or off pop. I, I. I thought this was his first week back of, at practice, um, but you might be right. I, I think I thought him and McCaffrey were both. Uh, this is their first week back, but yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it's one of those things they've they've made a bunch of moves thinking that they, you know, after beating the Jets, they were like, hey, maybe we're a good team. <laughs> Actually, they did. They also beat the Saints, so I'm, I shouldn't take that away from them. But that was another weird spot. Um, I do think everything's come back to earth for Carolina, and I, I just. I think this is a good, good spot for the Patriots because again, their, their schedule moving forward is not easy. And so this is one of the wins that when you look at this, you've got to win this game. This is a must win. And if they win by a field goal and you get hooked on the, on the, uh, on the 3.5, then you live and learn. But I do think they take care of business. Yeah. I'm with you there. This is Belichick classic. This feels like a classic Belichick game where he's just going to scheme. Defense is going to show up. Offense is going to do its thing. I don't see this being a loss. I'm, I'm on the Pats pretty easy here. Okay. My key pick. Look at when you see a wide open fairway, take the big dog out and let it eat. Okay, boys. I'm taking the Buffalo bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to Jacksonville, but is anyone really afraid of going to Jacksonville? This is a bills team that I think has Super Bowl aspirations. I think a lot of people think that. They've also shown that they can cover big numbers. I know they got a little bit lucky covering the 14 and a half last week against uh, Miami, you know, so take that with a grain of salt. But we saw them cover a huge number of 18 against the Texans who also suck. I think that's more of what you're going to see. Are the Jaguars really that much better than the Houston Texans? My answer is no. I don't think uh, James Robinson's playing there. So you're going to see a lot of old man Carlos Hyde. This just seems to me like a completely lopsided game in terms of talent of team in terms of where these teams are going. So I think this is a runaway 14 and a half does not scare me at all. And I think the Josh Allen train continues to roll towards the number one seed in the AFC. So I'm going to take the bills here. Minus 14 and a half on the road. Coulter, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm surprised it's not a little higher myself. Um, I guess it's just the fact that they didn't cover a big line last or we, or 
I guess they did, but they kind of backed. Depends on you know where you got it. Our, our, yeah. our line, the pool is fourteen and a half. I think it ticked up to fifteen, so that they, they pushed. Just kind of like an overall not largely impressive performance against a pretty bad Dolphins team. Yeah. But I mean, I agree with your side here. I can't go with Urban Meyer. I think McDermott's a, a really good coach. When I first saw this one, I was like, this is one of those um, matchups that we always talk about on the podcast, where it's like coaching mismatch of the week, and th- that this game is certainly that. I think you have a coordinator mismatch too with Dayball. I think he can run circles and on Jacksonville's D coordinator and uh, kind of going to the giants game. We talked about earlier. I think Bill's pass rush is just going to dominate against a really bad Jaguars offensive line. So um, yeah, I mean, Lawrence has just shown a propensity to turn the ball over and you kind of highlighted the fact that they won't have Robinson as either a check down or a blanket in the run game. So I, I don't like anything uh, I'm seeing from Jacksonville right now. What do you think, Hughes? Yeah, and and again, I, I I think this is one of those classic games, and I've been harping on this all year. There will be more Bills fans there than there will be Jags fans. Everybody in Buffalo this time of year is trying to get the <laughs> fuck out of Buffalo. And so they're going to be taking the planes. It's probably like a $150 JetBlue flight to Jacksonville. They're going to be rolling out the tables. They're gonna be, it's, it's just going to be a party. And I think the Bills have a party on the field too because this Jags team is bad. And I think – you know, that's just part of who they are. And, and I think that's where the bills come out, lay it on them. Allen has a big game. Um, I think that they did limp a little bit out of the bye last week in terms of, it took them a little while to get going. That's not going to happen this week. I think they kill these guys. I, I mean, again, I, I'd alternate line this too, maybe even a little higher. I mean, why take the 14 and a half, bump it up to like 16 and a half, 16 18 and a half. half. Who gives yep. a shit? I yep. mean, to, to coldest point, it probably should be a little higher. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence has showed a little bit of life. Uh, but it just, they just don't have the weapons. They don't have the, the guys out there, to your point, if Robinson, especially if Robinson was in play, to really move the needle um, and score points. And I think the Bills' defense has shown – I bet I, I would – and again, if you want to – if you guys like prop bets, I'd find one on Bills' defense special teams touchdown. I can see that happening for sure, whether that's a pick six, whether that's a return job. I think there's going to be a lot of money to be made gambling-wise in this Buffalo game because I do think – like these are – the Bills are another team like – when there's blood in the water, I think they that especially Josh Allen, they'd like to run it up. They they're trying to they're trying to do something long term. They want to win some of these individual awards. And I think I think this is a bloodbath. Uh, and and if Jacksonville is dead. And I just don't understand, like you guys both said, why this line isn't bigger. Let me just read you through uh, the lines that the Jaguars have had. Okay. <laughs> They've been three, six, eight, seven and a half, four, three, and four have been the closing lines in their games. They've lost five of those by double digits. So I don't understand why Vegas hasn't kind of course corrected here. They're getting blown out of the water in these games. And to me, you know, like you said, he was even the same as gets up to 17 and a half. I think I would still take this. I, I this, this feels like a major blowout. And great call with the Bills Mafia. We saw them travel to Kansas City a couple weeks ago. This is like a winter break for them. They're going to be in the nice oh, yeah. weather. They're going to be oh, fucking yeah. partying down there. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot here. So, you know what? Play the favorites. Hughes, yeah. talk to me a little bit, man. You, you said you got all favorites this week. minus our game Thursday night while we're recording here. What was the thought process? Uh, the thought process is that I do think as I looked at the board – that a lot of these teams that are favored are just, I mean, a lot of home teams. You've got a lot of teams that I think are trying to bounce back off a little bit of maybe sleepier performances. Some of the lines are a little bit high, but at the same time, I just, I think, and this is a gambling strategy if you're in a picks league. And I'm, I'm only saying this, and I, we talked about this a little bit last week. Um, I did get knocked out of first place because I had a terrible week. I'm in second now. And I think one of the things as I look at this, I'm like, Again, I may, I'm going to lose some of these games. There are going to be dogs that cover. But at the same time, if you're trying to maintain you know, some momentum and look at it and you're, you're, you, you kind of feel like you maybe don't have a feel for things, I think this week was a great week with the favorites. I like a lot of these favorites. I, li- I mean, again, I, we didn't get to talk about Coulter's uh, favorite coach, Kevin Stefanski, and the, the news that he just ruins every star wide receiver he's ever touched. Uh, but I saw some numbers on Diggs. I saw some numbers on – who else was it? Somebody else that he coached. Um, and now obviously Odell has been sent home. Um, not to say Odell is like a star receiver anymore, but like, um, I do think the, the Cleveland's a little bit in trouble. I think Denver's in trouble. I, the Dallas game's interesting. I Dax playing, which helps. The only dog I thought about switching to was San Francisco because I don't think, um, that Kyler Murray's playing. Um, but at the same time, San Francisco is, you gotta stay true to your brand Hughes. 
Yeah, I'm a, and I'm I'm anti Shanny. I think I you know I was on them last week, but at the same time, I like the Rams. I I love that Rams minus set minus seven and a half against Tennessee in L.A. Tennessee has obviously lost their best player. Tannehill looked suspect at times. Um, so I love that Rams pick. I think they get after him. I bet they have like 20 sacks in this game because um, the Titans have no offensive line. Uh, and is Adrian Peterson playing? Like, I mean, like, again, like, it's just like shit like that that you're just like, what? The one, the other one, Pittsburgh, let's, let's hop on Big Ben, minus six and a half, under the football number. Love it. Like, there's just, I don't know, I thought there was a lot of love out there. And again, I'm, I'm expecting to lose some of these games, but trying to pick which ones you're going to, you know, like, none of these dogs are appealing. They all stink. Like, there's not, if you look at every underdog, Green Bay doesn't have a starting quarterback. Again, San Fran is the only one to me, and maybe Tennessee, if they've got some resiliency, is the only one that I'm like, I think that team could win. I think I talked about it when we were in our group chat. It's like every dog but the Giants last week that covered won outright. That's not happening this week. None of the teams that are underdogs are winning these games. They may backdoor. The, the backdoor is going to be open on a couple of them, but I'm heavy on the favorites. I think, you know, again, I'm trying to, in, at least in our picks league, I'm trying to get back on track. And I think the only way to do that is to have a little bit of consistency and ride with the faves. Nothing wrong with that. So I do want to just before we go touch on this Packers Chiefs game, because I think it's really interesting in our pool. We're seeing it at seven. I think some books have it at seven and a half. I think it's a lot of points given the fact that Chiefs don't cover. I know we have not seen Jordan Love in the NFL game. I, I mean, in an actual scenario here. But to me and follow me around the room here. That offense is set up pretty well, right? I mean, I know Rodgers is an all timer and I'm not going to downplay Rodgers here, but. The floor is a pretty good scheme coach. And you tell me that you can't just like feed Aaron Jones, get the ball to Devonte Adams in space. I mean, this chief's defense is bad. So he should have time in the pocket to make some plays. He should be able to do some check downs to Jones. If Devonte is playing, which I think he is, he should have a field day. Even if it's Jordan love. I mean, the guy's had two years now to sit and learn that offense. He should know the fucking offense by now. And you give him a full week against a bad defense, seven points. I mean, that's a lot, it's, especially if in a book, you can get seven and a half. What do you think Hughes? Oh man. I, I no, I don't disagree with you. I think it's a good take. And, and again, you have to separate the emotion of what we see every week from gambling. Yeah. And I think to your point, this, this course corrected very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody was like, whoa, 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 obviously with, with Rogers out. Um, but I also think, again, everybody, including me, is waiting for the Chiefs to have that Chiefs game. And I think there's nothing better than the momentum of looking across the sideline and being like, OK, our defense has struggled. We've got that guy coming out here. He's going to be a little rattled. It's, it's Again, if this game was in Green Bay, I think I'd feel a lot differently about it. But this game is in Arrowhead. Like Matthew called out the fan base by saying they're like the most delusional fan base in the NFL, <laughs> which wasn't the best look in my opinion. No. Because again, we, I mean, as, as fans of any team on the East coast, he needs to fucking check himself because like all these fan bases on the East coast are nuts. Like these people are completely irrational. And I think Chiefs fans, yeah, Chiefs <laughs> fans come, coming off a, a Super Bowl two years ago and a Super Bowl trip last year. Like, I mean, they they just have high expectations. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. Everybody's told everybody that he's like the greatest thing that's ever happened. So Again, I think it's a a very interesting gambling perspective to say, you know what, they could keep this a little closer. And again, it also is to your point, we're going to find out, does Jordan Love, like, is he able to to show up and put a team on his back in the event that the guy that he thinks he should replace at some point in time is out? Um, And again, I think there'll be a lot of momentum for him after this year. I think Aaron Rodgers is done after this year, personally. Um, I think this is it. I think he's sick of this stuff. I mean, again, I, I was reading some stuff today about how his, his now wife, and again, I don't want to in any way comment on the man's you know choice, but like she like makes her own medicine and forages for her own food. He's definitely taking this weird alternative lifestyle. They're probably going to offer him the Jeopardy job. So like, I don't know. I just think this is maybe it for Rodgers. And so I think for love, it's, it's time. The time is now, but I don't think he has it. And I also think LaFleur is good, um, but at times maybe not great. Yeah. Coulter, what do you think on that game? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking Kansas city's defense has been largely unimpressive and they're going to give a script where I think they're going to try to make love comfortable with short passes. Um, they'll be able to move the ball on them. I think it really comes down to them. And this is going to sound really simplistic, but I mean, 
how many big plays can they get with Ty Hill deep? And if they can get two or three of those ones that take the defense and just shreds them. And I know we were bemoaning the fact of Brandy taking them uh, so many times. And I agree. He does take it. He falls in love with it. But in a game like this where the spread seven points and you have uh, the second year quarterback, first career start on the road at Arrowhead, all it takes is, if not one, two backbreakers to Hill. I, Hughes has seen it in his building. Uh, I've seen oh, yeah. it in my building. When that guy can get, he's like the Steph Curry of the NFL. When he can do that electric, you know, 80 yard, just deep ball or a couple of those. Um, yeah, that, that will kill the momentum. And and I think it will help cover the spread to the gambling point of this. And that's kind of the reason why I brought it up is that those kind of big chunk plays in a seven point game with a new quarterback, those are kind of the difference. And like, you will get it last week. I mean, the Bengals, uh, didn't really have like a huge, uh, play against Mike white. They, they were methodical, but they weren't like making explosive plays left and right. And I think the chiefs can do that this week. Jair Alexander's not there for green Bay. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, my gut is to take the points because I do think the NFL Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers and everybody involved is kind of in, wants to see something good from love. And so I think we're going to see something from love that's going to make us want to see more from him next year. There's some sort of marketing thing there. And I think that we'll, we'll end up getting a taste of love, so to speak. Well, and so yeah, I'll probably end up taking the Packers. And to that point, I mean, the officials have played such a factor in so many of these games. And I, and I hate the rail, but the Bengals like got screwed. Like, I don't care what anybody says that lowering the helmet call was like the running back or whoever had the ball, the receiver was pretty much as low, if not lower than the guy who was trying to tackle him. And it was just an absolutely horrible call in that moment in that game. They've said that they are up in the booth now telling refs like a little bit more through the earpieces what, where they need to spot the ball, whether or not they need to uphold flags. That should have never happened. Like the shit that's happened in some of these games with how many eyes are on this, like that's where you're, like you're, you're, a, you're a ref call away from a cover anytime you're watching a game because they've been horrible. And I, it's a hard game to officiate. We always talk about that. And like maybe they've made it harder by every ref is second guessing everything. But like, like some of the shit, you're just like watching it. And to, to Coulter's point, like, I don't want to say that there's conspiracy theories, but I certainly think that there is emotion involved in these games where I'm not surprised sometimes when these refs make these fucking odd calls to either potentially keep a game a little closer than it should. I mean, the Pats game alone was there's fucking horrible calls everywhere. And like, it's like, all right, like, are they trying to keep this? Like what, what's happening right now? Um, and I do think that that is always a possibility. The Packers get every call that they've ever fucking wanted in any game ever. So again, not to say I'm bitter about it, but like, I just think that that couldn't play a big, big, big role. Sound a little bitter to me. I hate officials. By the way, <laughs> I talked about this and you guys, so Kaz, you're a parent now, Coulter, you're about to be one. And I would say this, one of the things as a parent that I'm so scared about, I hate officials and I cannot <laughs> No, I can't imagine what's going to happen. The first competitive sporting event that either of my boys play, I am going to be like, I told my wife, like, you're going to have to muzzle me and put me in the parking lot with like, you stream the game and I'll watch it on my phone or something. Because you're going to take out all your NFL angst on these poor guys who make $20 an hour. You're going to be like the fucking ref of the NFL. I'm telling you, I used used to give it to officials when I played football, when I played basketball. Basketball is the worst for me, Basketball, I mean, oh my God. Like the things, like I was playing in a rec league game. I was like, my dad thought I was going to fight the guy because I was like, no, I wasn't going to. He's like, you're, you need to get your life under control. Like (laughs) you're playing in a rec league game. You're acting like you want to kill me, right? The official, the guy doesn't even want to be there. Like, (laughs) you know, give him a little bit of respect. But like, again, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting as as a parent because I hate officials. I've always hated officials. Um, And even when I was an official, I hated myself. So there you go. Well, I'll, I'll actually, this is a good way to end the show because I actually looked into this as I was watching the games. It's like, what is the qualifications to become an NFL ref? And I was like, well, maybe I could be it. I fucking played football all my life. You got to be a uh, 10 yeah. year in college rank to then be eligible to be an NFL ref. But in order to be a 10 year college guy, you got to be a, a 10 year high school guy. So I'm looking at a 20 year plan here. If I want to change careers, I don't think it's going to happen boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It is a lot. I mean, again, it's like, it's like watching empires in baseball. You're like, literally they, they must've just pulled one of these guys out of the fucking stands 
because I could do a better job. And then you're like, no, they have to be 40 years in to be able to even fucking stand behind the plate. It's like, well, that's maybe that's part of the problem. They need to get a little younger. Absolutely unbelievable. Well, before we go, the back door tonight might be open on this Colts Jets game. Who knows? We'll see. But I don't know. It was, but they, they missed a two-point conversion on the touchdown before this last one, and they just kicked an extra point. So even if they score again, I think we're in the 12, the 11 or 12 range, and I think yeah. the line was 10 and a half. We need so one of those. Vegas, if this ends up at 11, Vegas is locked in. The worst. We need one of those patented Carson Wentz turnovers that we saw in droves fucking last week that killed me on my Colts plus one and a half pick last week. Unfucking believable Yep. All right, gentlemen, that is episode number 118 in the books. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. And you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.